0: are going to do something kind of exciting. Uh, typically, we do it the last Sunday of the year, but we're rolling it into the 1st of 2022, where we are going to share a little bit about the leadership of Journey Church. We're going to share some lessons that God taught us in 2021. Um, so as you guys know, I'm the pastor here at Journey Church. There's an ABC team, uh, the leadership team. This should kind of serve as our elders And they are the ones who we meet monthly and and make sure everything we're doing here at Journey is in line with mission, vision, values. We pray together, we seek God's uh, vision and direction together. And then this is kind of the accountable team. Uh, And God has done some incredible things. Um, despite kind of the craziness of the last two years. I know in 2021, uh, there was some super exciting things, at least for me, like this dream patio was built and you guys made that happen. You're a huge part of that. We launched, absolutely, uh, we launched a fresh vision of how we're going to work together to impact our community here in Elk Grove, to launch people into their greatest purpose in life. On the backside of that, there have been so many stories of people Not only them growing closer to Jesus, but people on their front rows uh, surrendering areas of their life that we never thought were possible, people showing up, people in our community we never knew prior to 2021. Now they're plugged in and involved. It's been an incredible year. Also, it was a year of some changes. Uh, We had some staff changes. We had some people move on to other ministries, some on the other side of the country, just some in uh, other communities around here. We, uh, we moved from outside to inside to now both. Uh, it was just a year of incredible changes, but reflecting back, we're going to look at some uh, of the lessons that God taught. So I don't want us to lose the excitements or some of the tough things, but to really see the lessons that God so, uh, so gently and so kindly taught us in 2021. And I hope for you, as you're thinking through this, as you're listening, maybe something will stir in your mind of something God taught you. At Journey, our mission is super clear. We exist for one reason. That's to help you take your next step to be growing in your spiritual journey with Jesus. And that's what we're about. We also want to be growing. So that's why we're going to pause and walk through this. I will start. And this morning, I want to share one of the biggest lessons that God taught me in 2021 came from a passage in scripture known as the Beatitudes which I had read it so many times and honestly never understood it. Uh, it would kind of was that section of the Bible where I'd go to it and like almost want to skip through it to get to the good parts of the Sermon on the Mount, the stuff that I could actually understand. And, and let me just say this, the things that I could aim to achieve. But prior to that, there's this... There's this chunk of verses called the Beatitudes, where Jesus, as he sits down with his disciples, he shares some things with them. He shares some, uh, the, the Beatitudes with them that never made sense to me, but this year I got some clarity a little on. So let me read them. Uh, this is in uh, Matthew chapter six. Jesus says, talking to his disciples, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that likes to kind of know what are we aiming at, what's the goal, and then let's work towards it. And when we get there, that's when we know we're winning. Yet over the last two years, that goal has moved so many times. Circumstances have changed so many times. And honestly, I've numerous times in the last couple of years felt like a complete failure, like I wasn't making any progress towards achieving those things. And this was so comforting to see Jesus not softening the crowd, but truly speaking life of how our Father operates, that He is not constrained to this physical earth, to to our tiny lifetime, but He operates in an eternal basis and He meets us no matter where we are. And in many of these things that would maybe describe what I would have thought of not success or hard times, Jesus reminds us that that's where God blesses you. And he is there, and he blesses us when we're there. And understanding how real that is, and understanding just some of the conversations I had to have this last year, uh, some of the trials I went through, feeling God's presence, and I, I felt most close to him this last year when I was just silent. And I would say, God, I'm not real happy about this. I don't know what to do with this, but this is where we're at. And feeling his peace and feeling blessed by God. That was a big lesson I learned in 2021. Uh, Jeff Wells, why don't you go next? Let us know what did God teach you in 2021? Okay. uh, I know what he's going to be teaching you in
1: 2022. (laughs) I thought I turned it on. Uh, What what I've given you as far as the scripture goes, is uh, from Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, he says, God says, When I shut up the heavens so that the, there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if the people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them, their sin, and heal their land. Uh, I just had this feeling that we were totally under judgment, uh, and I go, I'm going to go all the way back to February of uh, 2020. I was at a conference in Phoenix, and uh, this guy had us do this exercise, where we would pray uh, through uh, Chapter 46 of the of Psalms. When you get to uh, verse 10, God says, "Be still, know that I am God." Now Tim talked about stillness. And it's kind of that whole uh, worship me thing. Uh, the Verse 10 of chapter 46 of Psalm is not about that. It's really uh, about uh, paying attention to God and uh, a warning that uh, of the terrible things that would happen to the people who uh, are in the hands of an angry God. I think God was angry. And uh, he was coming to us saying, uh, you better pay attention. Uh, you know the judgment of God, or you know, he's. If you think about it, really, uh, the judgment of God is found uh, when, when you know, when we, when he's trying to get things fixed, when he's uh, he is ending sin, uh, he is ending evil. The heart of God, really, is, however, is in is in the cross. Is it His Son, Jesus, the Lamb of God? Uh, if you look at the pandemic, I think the pandemic is really a picture of the Passover. Uh, people get all upset about, uh, well, I'm getting locked down. I got I want to do the stuff I want to do. Uh, they look at it as a challenge. Uh, it's really an opportunity. If you if you look at what Moses did with the children of Israel in ancient times, that's about three thousand years ago, right at right at the time of of uh, uh, the time of year that the pandemic came. He said, "Hey, you kill a lamb, put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost, go inside and stay there." People don't want to stay inside. But what's outside is something is 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 judgment. Uh, God says, "I'm not going to give you justice. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make you pay for the stuff that you've been doing bringing into it." Uh, and and I think that that uh, the opportunity for us is that God said, hey, I want you to return to me. That's what he's saying in, uh, in, the, in the 14th verse of that uh, Chronicles uh, passage. He's saying, if you turn to me and turn away from your sin, I will heal you. Uh, you know, at Journey Church, we, uh, we have the ABC prayer. Uh, and the first of that is to admit that, that I'm a sinner and everyone needs God. If you think about the Passover... Uh, The Passover said judgment's coming, and it's coming to everyone. But if you take refuge in the Lamb, you'll be saved. So if you believe that and then choose to commit your life to God, you're going to be saved. So that's our hope for you is that that you would, uh, you know, don't take the the, uh, lockdown as a challenge. Take it as an opportunity that God still wants us to return to Him.
0: Awesome. Cool. Ben, you're up next.
2: Okay. Uh, 2021 was the year that I went face-to-face with my pride. Um, A year ago at this time when we were sharing about what we learned in 2020, uh, I talked about how I, like many of us, had to relearn how to do our jobs, right? I, I learned how to first, how to teach math from home without Zoom, and then I had to relearn how to do it from school only on Zoom, and then uh, that was last year. And then this year I had to relearn it two more times. I had to learn how to do it with some kids on Zoom and some kids in person. And then again with everyone in person, but with all the COVID protocols in place. And every time I went through this process of like reorganizing and reanalyzing what I was doing, I thought, okay, here's what I've been doing in the past. Is it something I can continue to do? Can I do it the same way? Do I even need to do it at all? Is there a better way to do it? Something I have to add instead? And uh, and it was like a just this process going through all this and really kind of cleaning up more in that process later because it was not just that that changed in my life. Um, Both of my kids leveled up to new schools. Uh, My daughter moved to middle school and my son moved to college, and. and it's, uh, it just changed the parenting style a little bit. Uh, is you know, not completely hands-off, but a little less directly involved with the, what they're doing. Um, a little more um, praying and t- encouraging and checking in with them and just trusting that they're making good choices. Uh, you know, my daughter, is, she's at the school right next door to mine where I teach, but I don't know any of her teachers, and so it was really just kind of like, letting her be out there and see what she can do. Um, her, although her math homework is way more fun to look at now that it's in middle school. But, uh, um, uh, but you know, and then with my son away in Santa Cruz, uh, it's just really having to, it's almost completely hands-off, and it's really just trusting that he is going to make good choices and that he's going to be responsible, and it's really putting that out there. So it's this different level of parenting that I wasn't used to. Um, but it's just having to change what I've been doing in the past and looking at it in a new way, um, and, uh, and, and even beyond that, things I do at church, I realized this process of all the things I'm doing, am I looking at these things, and maybe the biggest example of change was that, uh, you know, I was so used to having my son on the high school campus with me, and that I was, he was involved in band, and so I was like the band president, I was at all the I- 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 events, and helped in every possible way I could, and so uh, when he graduated and moved on... I was still the president and I was still doing these things and I was thinking, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore, but why is it so hard to quit? What is making it so difficult to quit these things I know I shouldn't be doing, it's taking too much time, it's, you know, and and I realized uh, that it was pride. It was this idea that I couldn't stand to see the event happening and me not be the center of it or me not be the, the one in charge or controlling things. And I thought, how much of this is just me wanting people to say, wow, look at all the stuff he's doing? How much of this is just to impress people? How much of this is just for me to feel good about myself because look at all the stuff I'm doing and, you know, this pride aspect to it? And so, and I realized it's even spilling into things I do at church, being on the teaching team, and, you know, the putting the, the, the discussion questions together and, and, and the, and the, the con- connection questions on the reading plan, all these things, is, is there a streak of pride in all this? So we're doing this to impress people. And so um, I realized maybe that's part of what it is. That's kind of what hit me in the face in 2021. And so the, the process of me paring things down and changing how I do things is now going to be guided by what I found in this verse, if we can put the verse up. It's in Jeremiah 9. It says, the Lord says, don't brag about your wisdom or your strength or your wealth. Uh, If you feel you must brag, then have enough sense to brag about worshiping me, the Lord. What I liked best is showing kindness, justice, and mercy to everyone on earth. And going into 2022, uh, I'm probably going to still do a lot of the things. I won't be the Ben president anymore. But I will probably do a lot of the same things. But... um, but now I'm trying to take out that little that nasty pride streak out of the motivation of doing it and realize if I'm doing this, I'm doing it as an act of worship, right? As a bragging about worshiping God, magnifying his name in my life, not about what, how great Ben is or how strong he is or how smart he is or what he can do, but just to you know, make it all about that. If, I, if I'm debating whether I should do something or not, is it bringing glory to God or is it bringing glory to me? And then the other, uh, there's three other criteria that we can go by. Is it showing kindness? Is it you know, encouraging justice? Is it uh, you know, ex- extending mercy to people? Uh, is it encouraging to people that I'm working with, my front row, the people I live with, people I love? And uh, that's my, my... So taking the pride out of it, that was the goal that, and that's what I learned in 2021.
0: Awesome, cool. And last, JD.
3: All right. Um... I thought 2021 was, uh, was a good year. Um, I was under God's judgment, I guess, the whole time. But uh, I thought, you know, I get COVID bad, fear bad, all the craziness, very bad. But that was a pretty good year for me. Um, one of the big lessons hit me in two different ways. I, I was in a coaching relationship. I hired uh, an old friend. Uh, we've known each other for 40 years. I hired him to coach me um, through some leadership stuff, self-awareness stuff. And we got to one module where we're going through this one thing on um, self-protection and how sometimes we protect ourselves so much that we're not really real with the people around us. And uh, we're working through this. And the three self-protection questions are, uh, what are you afraid of? What are you hiding? And what are you trying to prove and to who? So I was just doing those questions of, of work. That my mic's going in and out, so I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to prove anything. I, <clears throat> I really okay the fear and all this stuff, but I realized there was this this uh, old coach, leadership coach that I had in the 80s and 90s with the guy who's coaching me now. He was this guy was coaching both of us, and I I told him I said I think I'm still trying to impress this guy. I'm trying to to prove myself to this old coach we had. You know, 25, 30 years ago. And my present day coach said, Well, you know what you gotta do? You gotta call him. Just call him and tell him that. He'll just laugh. He'll laugh that you're trying to impress him. So I said, Okay, that's gonna be a little weird, but um, didn't have his number, so I sent an email, and I got an email back from his assistant that said uh, he'll uh, be available for a coaching call in three to six weeks and set up an appointment. And I said, no wonder I feel like I don't measure up. The guy won't even. What he returned his own emails, and my first thought was, I guess I can say this in church. Why do I give a crap what this guy thinks about me? He doesn't even return his own emails, and that was kind of healing. But I set up an appointment for whatever it was, four or five weeks uh, away, and we had the Zoom meeting, and it was just a little odd. You know, I call him strange. I I tell him that uh, we. We'd, uh, The niceties, you know, the chit-chat at the beginning. And I said, okay, I'm working with, through coaching with Tom, self-protection, three questions. What are you afraid of? What are you hiding? What are you trying to prove and to whom? And I realized, I think I'm trying to prove myself to you. And um, I just wanted you to know that I was waiting for the laugh. I didn't get a laugh. He just said, oh. Um, (laughs) It was really awkward. I got off the phone and I thought... um, why do I give two craps about what this guy thinks about me? It was kind of healing, but what nobody asked was, what do you want him to say? What would you like him to say to you? And um, I didn't have an answer for that question until we did the series on the Sermon on the Mount, and you did the Beatitudes. Um, you don't have to put that up there yet. Um, but I was pointing at you. That's why you would have done that. <laughs> um, When we did the Sermon on the Mount, uh, I had chapter 6 to speak on, and I'm reading through this, and and Jesus says uh, in chapter 6, don't do your works um, of righteousness or acts of righteousness or your good deeds in front of men, in front of people, to be seen by them. Uh, And then he goes on, he says, you know, when you give, when you pray, when you serve, don't try to get... um, uh, kudos from from people. And for some reason, I guess I had just missed that. It's like the Beatitudes. I'd read it a million times. I had, Wow, you're not supposed to do this. Andy Warhol says everybody gets 15 minutes of fame. And Jesus says 15 minutes is way too much. It's just useless trying to impress people. And when I was reading that, I'm thinking, wow, we don't need to impress anybody but God. And then in the New Living Translation, I was reading it, it came out three times, the same thing. It's three different verses. Uh, Jesus says this, uh, your father who sees everything will reward you. Um, you don't have to try to impress people. Your father who sees everything will reward you. Um, you don't have to try to do things. This is the, what I wanted from my coach. I wanted him to say this. And if anybody ever comes up to you and says, I think I'm trying to impress you, don't say, oh. Um, <laughs> not appropriate. But I think you can say this, you know, why do you give a crap about what I think, right? The Bible talks about having a good reputation, good character, but we're trying to please God. And your father sees you, and um, he will reward you. And every time I've heard about God seeing me, I've always thought about the negative. I always thought about the judgment. Um, But Jesus is saying, God will reward you. He, He sees the good stuff you do, uh, he sees the bad stuff, you know, but he sees all the little things you do. He, you don't have to have a coach um, affirm you or validate you. You have to have God do that. And just working through that whole thing about, boy, why am I trying to press people? I don't need to do that. It's been very fraying for me this year, something I'm still working on. But the whole thing about God is there. He's the one that sees everything, um, we don't need to validate ourselves. We're already validated because he created us. He sent his son, Jesus, for us. Um, so that was a really good lesson. I'm still learning it, but that was pretty freeing for me, and it changed a lot of stuff in my thinking in to- 2021.
0: Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for sharing. And I think it's so cool because we look at 2021, and you know, you look at the, the highlights, you look at the, the lowlights, and we look at the circumstances. Yet sometimes we miss what God did within us because there's no, maybe that's not as visible on our Facebook timeline or maybe it's not as visible uh, to the people around us at work or to our families and friends who've kind of been following our quote unquote successes in life. But as what Jeff said is what God's done in our life over the last couple of years is a tremendous opportunity. He's given us a lot of space to work on some of these, to hear his voice in a different way. And I love, uh, and I'm excited that the leadership of this church is more concerned with that. Or I should, I should say, I don't want to say more concerned, because uh, I know you're still, you always flex about your wealth on Instagram. I still see that. <laughs> Look at this. pocket full of change. <laughs> but really, that we can, be so aware of what God's doing. Jeff, I don't know if anyone caught this, but Jeff shared the same exact verse that he did last year. We had a couple people were doing that. And Jeff sent that to me. And I didn't hesitate because probably 10 times this year, Jeff said to me, 2 Chronicles 7, Tim, same thing. And I'll cut him off because he'll get going. <laughs> Not because he's interested in sharing about his knowledge but the joy and the excitement that he gets in the opportunity for people who screw up to receive salvation, which was God's plan and God's free gift. Ben, who just does everything, I've told Ben numerous times, and it was more of a reflection on me than, than you, but Ben, I don't even know how you do it. I couldn't keep up with you. I don't know how you just don't mess up like that. Ben, I've never seen you concerned with that. Your concern is, for caring for the people around you and leading them well and being an example and not being in the way of them seeing God. You've been really good, you're like super proactive at, eh, hey, it's not me, it's God through me. I'm just trying to be obedient to that one thing. And my dad, it's funny being in a room with him when he's around people he's leading. Because, I mean, to me, he's my dad, but we go to, as Jeff said, a lot of these conferences with rooms with a lot more people like this, and people like, afterwards, you know, we're waiting in line for cover, like, man, that's your dad? What's that like? He is, he is low-key famous on a lot of levels, and yet for him to publicly say that what's most important is that God sees him, and for him to internalize that in such a way and to watch the way he lives his life, to encourage other men... And other women to live their life in such a way that God sees them and that He doesn't see them. That hey, I'm not, you're not impressing me. But what does God say about that? It is incredible. It is incredible. And on the backside of 2021, of we can look and see what our stocks did, or what are what are you know home, where, where our our equity's gone, or all these things, or our job thing, or our our, our self esteem, or all these other things. Take a breath and say. Wow, what an opportunity to be growing your relationship with God our Father. The big challenge this morning, I encourage you to take a few minutes to reflect on and really not only try to understand what God was teaching you personally, but then have the courage to share that with somebody else. Have the courage to share specifically, not, hey, God taught me you know, to invest at this time um, but God taught me that, man, I've got a lot of sharp edges, and I've been really irritated about a lot of these things because I've got some healing to do. And God humbled me, and God led me through some of that and see how we can really encourage the people on our front row. And last, I just want to share this verse that I was going to share, but it really fits in with all of our things. It's super encouraging for me. Proverbs twenty five 29 twenty nine, twenty five. It says, The fear of human opinion disables some I say it is a trap. It's a snare. Yet it's also what it is to be an American. It is to be successful. It is, that's what we post. That's what we share. That's our conversations. For other human opinions to be favorable towards you. And instead, it's just trusting in God protects you from that. I honestly, I'm gonna, I could stand up in front of you and say, I don't know how to avoid this. Except I do know that God protects us from that. And when we go and say, God, what do you want from me? He will tell us. And if we focus on that, we'll be protected from this. So I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're feeling strengthened that, okay, however you feel you've been doing, God's been teaching you something. I encourage you to reflect on that and then share that with somebody in your front row this week. So then they won't say how good you are, but they will see how good their father is. Jeff, will you close us? In prayer.
1: here. Please bow with me. Almighty Father, we give thanks and praise for your goodness and for your grace. Father, we thank you that you have a heart uh, that flows with love uh, so that all of us have the opportunity to walk through the open door which you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, we thank you that, uh, that you are forgiving and that you don't see or bring judgment on us because of, uh, of who we are, but because of who you are. Ultimately, you sustain all of the pain that comes from judgment because you're judging on yourself. We thank you that you are willing to work in our lives. We thank you that you're always encouraging us to return. Father, our prayer is that uh, we would admit Uh, where we fall short, that we believe that your Son uh, came for us. And we just uh, thank and praise you for all of that. As we go forward, uh, we ask that you would go before us, and we ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.